1: please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And
0: I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And today we are going
1: meta because we are on a podcast talking about a show, about a podcast that is about podcasts, about shows about podcasts. Today we are going to talk about the Hulu. I may have gotten too many podcasts and shows in there, but I, but it was for effect. Today we're talking about the uh, Hulu series, Only Murders in the Building, starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, the great Selena Gomez. Uh, Jesse, you want to tell us a little bit about Only Murders in the Building?
0: Sure. This show Uh, It's a mystery comedy that was created by Steve Martin, along with John Hoffman. Steve Martin stars as Charles Hayden Savage, um, a... a Retired or a semi-retired actor. He wishes he wasn't. That was popular in the 90s with a detective series called Brazos. uh, Kind of like a law and order type series. We Um, just cracked
1: this case wide open.
0: (laughs) Martin Short plays Oliver Putnam, a Broadway director. Uh, He reminds me a lot of the uh, directors and the producers uh, for every Broadway show he directs as a flop. Um, and Selena Gomez plays uh, Mabel, a young woman who lives in the building, uh, very mysterious at first, because this building, the Arconia, uh, somewhere likely on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, though it doesn't say specifically where in Manhattan the, the building is, um, you... I have to imagine that it is pretty expensive real estate sting, for example, lives in the building and it's unclear how this young 20 something lives in the building, especially when we see that the apartment that she lives in is an unfinished apartment. Uh, the very beginning of the show, there is a death in the building. Um, it is a death by gunshot wound and the NYPD assume that it is uh, a su- suicide Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez meet up uh, in a restaurant across the street from their building during the the uh, fire alarm when everybody's cleared out. Listening to the podcast, all is not okay in Oklahoma. And uh, they realize that they are big fans of true crime podcasts and decide to solve this case because the NYPD assumes it's a suicide and puts it to bed when they all actually believe it's a murder. And they start a podcast, Only Murders in the Building, uh, to solve the murder of one Tim Kono. Uh, And as the show goes along, they're recording episodes uh, and it is both uh, funny and silly in nature, uh, a bit of a dark comedy, truthfully. Uh, fast forward in the end, it turns out that Tim Kono was in fact murdered uh, and they uh, suggest spoiler alert that it is Nathan Lane's character, Tem- Teddy Demas, uh, who is a uh, national wealthy- treasure.
1: Nathan Lane. That is
0: true. Uh, wealthy deli chain owner, Uh, He used to be a financier of many of Martin Short's uh, flopped Broadway productions, uh, and he sponsors the podcast. Ironic that he would sponsor the podcast and they would say that he is actually responsible for the death of Tim Kono. Turns out Tim Kono uh, was trying to prove that he is behind this underground jewelry theft business. Uh, he and his son, Theo, were stealing jewelry off of dead bodies and reselling them on the black market. Uh, they were essentially body snatchers, uh, but they put out of this podcast that he is guilty. It body snatchers? Out, well, uh, they made Do you gra- mean grave robbers? Grave robbers, grave robbers. They were, grave robbers, that they were grave aliens robbers. that
1: infiltrated bodies to control <laughs> them.
0: Grave robbers. That's what I meant. And um, the the NYPD runs with it. right Snatchers them. would
1: have been a great show but <laughs> <them. laughs> would have been quite the twist. Hey, producers, if you're listening. <laughs>
0: uh, and uh, the NYPD arrests them and um, immediately afterwards turns out, of course that they did not do it. and it's revealed at the end of the series that uh, the great Amy Ryan, who plays Jan, Uh, Steve Martin's love interest was actually responsible for the murder of Tim Kono. Jan, you know, uh, from among other comedic performances as Holly in the office. Um, She's also uh, been in plenty of uh, dramatic roles as well. She was on the wire, wasn't she? She was on the wire. So Um, pop culture admission uh, for our listeners.
1: I've never seen the wire.
0: All right. So we should probably end this podcast here (laughs) because if you cannot uh, do a pop culture podcast, if you have not seen The Wire, but uh, that's for another time. So, Mike, that is Only Murders in the Building in a nutshell. And of course, there's the great um, cameo performance by the great Tina Fey, who stars as a successful NPR uh, podcaster uh, with her own true content true crime podcasts. Um, what did you think of the show? So I, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was fun. I, I, it took me an episode or
1: two to get into it for a couple of reasons. One is that um, I'm not uh, a devotee of the you know true crime podcast genre. I listened to Serial, the first season of Serial, on um, uh, which was made by NPR, um, and liked it. Uh, but was not obsessed with it like so many people were. And I, you know, I I tried to listen to the second season of Serial, wasn't into it. Anyway, this is like a whole genre that has sort of passed me by. Same thing with like true crime TV, not my thing. Even fake crime TV is not really my thing, as evidenced by the fact that I um, couldn't ever really get into The Wire. Um, Not a law and order guy, uh, that sort of thing. Not even SVU? Not SVU, nothing. So it, this is like you know not really a world that I really understood what they were spoofing. Um, although <laughs> uh, she's going to hate me maybe for saying this, but my wife definitely knows that they're spoofing. Um, but I but there's a kind of like NPRness that they're spoofing too that I appreciate. You know, as a, as someone who uh, listens to a lot of NPR, so I, I like that. Um, and I also um, uh, I had I, I knew Selena Gomez was a thing. But I had never really seen uh, her in anything before, or, or really, I think, heard her music or anything like that before. So I didn't know really what to expect from
0: her. Clearly, and I thought, you were not a fan of Wizards of Waverly Place on the Disney Channel.
1: Clearly, I was not. My kids, I guess, haven't discovered it yet either. Um, you know, so so for me, I was I was watching because I love Steve Martin and Martin Short, and uh, and you know, I thought that like Selena Gomez was crashing a party that I didn't want her to crash. Um, Spoiler alert, I ended up, you know, thinking that her performance was great in the show and and, uh, and, and loved her in it, loved what she brought to it. Um, and uh, when I first started watching it, you know, I thought that, you know, when you see Steve Martin and Martin Short, especially Martin Short, you start, you know, assuming that you're going to get some broad comedy, um, which is what they're really great at, you know, as an act together. Um, although they haven't been in anything together on screen, I think, since like the three amigos. Um, uh, so uh, so anyway, but and this
0: was very different than that. Right. Yes, very, right. very different. That was very yeah. much like a, an SNL sketch. Right. Uh, this was very different.
1: Right. So I had to, you know, get used to the idea that this was going to be a much drier kind of humor, much more subtle kind of humor, more Woody Allen-ish uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, once, once I was an episode or two and I was really hooked, I thought it was great. I, you know, I thought it was laugh out loud, funny in many, many places. Um, I thought it was a compelling story. I enjoyed it. What did you think, Jesse?
0: I was not going to watch it until you convinced me to check it out uh, truthfully, and I thought it was hysterical. Uh, I thought it was totally binge worthy Uh, episodes uh, move fast and you could watch all 10 episodes uh, in just a couple of sittings. Um, I I thought it was great. I thought there was a lot of social commentary, both you and I spent a great deal of time living in Manhattan. Uh, If you live in the city or have ever lived in the city, uh, you will appreciate some of the social commentary um, about classism uh, about um, how the, the, the show criticizes New Yorkers uh, as um, ignoring right. sometimes what I is going so on ignorant. all around them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That, that they live in their sort of ivory towers at, at times. Um, and... Really, if you've ever lived in an apartment building, the drama of uh, having neighbors that are right on top of each other and that you have a very limited space, even though, don't get me wrong, I lived in a, you know, 600 square foot apartment. Uh, These were gorgeous, huge apartments um, that... uh, even so, you have your private t- space and then there's a lot of public domain and the navigating of that public domain with neighbors. You know, the fact that nobody could use their fireplace because Tim Kono had asthma, the fact that people were complaining about Janza uh, uh, playing of her instruments, um, the, 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 the cats, that, that, that the, yeah. the cat guy, you know, that, that sort of thing. And so there was certainly a lot of that, that if you ever lived in an apartment building was uh, I, I think much appreciated. Uh, I actually thought um, it was clever. The, the ending, the cliffhanger, uh, which was cheesed at the very beginning of the show, I don't think was necessary because it just care. It was really meant to introduce obviously a second season, but I thought the first season uh, was wrapped perfectly in a bow until that set up for a second season. But clearly right. what that meant was that, uh, all that we know is not as what it seems.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe that's uh, uh, the uh, the issue of the you know the, the New York commentary about um, uh, living on top of one another and, and how that you know uh, produces uh, a lot of you know uh, enmity and ill will among New Yorkers. Um, is is maybe a place to start when when kind of exploring you know the jewish connections in this story uh, and you know not the least of which is the fact that the upper west side is a very uh jewish part of new York uh but you know i mean the torah specifies right uh, love your neighbor as yourself um and a lot of people comment about that that uh that you know maybe you know uh there's a famous debate in the Talmud between, um, Rabbi Akiva, and I believe it's Rabbi Yishmael, um, uh, who uh, Rabbi Akiva says that the Klal Gadol the great principle of the Torah, is love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, Rabbi Yishmael says, um, no, the great principle of the Torah is Elet Toldot Adam, that these are the generations of Adam, right? Uh, meaning that uh, that what we really need to know from the Torah is that all humanity is connected to one another. We're all brothers and sisters um, and not just that we should love our neighbor, which, which is sometimes uh, presumably easier than loving you know, somebody or considering somebody who lives halfway around the world as being our brother and sister. But it, it turns out that um, sometimes loving your neighbor is really, really hard, especially when your neighbor lives so close to you with thin walls or a thin you know, floor and ceiling. Right. And and Mabel uh,
0: and Oliver and Charles Hayden thought that they were doing their building a favor by solving this case and and, uh, made the building sort of this celebrity status in some ways. It had fans hanging out outside, but it made people afraid to go into the building and they had a vote and, and they kicked those neighbors out. Right. They decided that they didn't want those neighbors to live with them anymore as a result.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's this sense in in New York of, you know, everybody just needs to mind their own business. I mean, famously, it leads to, you know, like the Kitty Genovese uh, story from I think it's the 70s, or maybe it's the 60s, a woman who is um, uh, attacked and and ultimately killed um, outside of her apartment building in New York. um, And, you know, a, a, a couple of dozen uh, neighbors were, you know, overheard, were, you know, uh, uh, understood to have overheard, maybe even looked on um, while this was happening and nobody called the police, right? Uh, because everybody kind of assumed, you know, ah, this is somebody else's problem. She's got it figured out or or, or my neighbor is going to call the police. I don't need to do it. And nobody did. And she, um, you know, ended up dying and and the, uh, um, and, and her killer, you know, got away. And so, you know, that in some ways, you know, that story is pointed out as a, as a general human story that we um, tend to try to mind our own business and not get involved in other people's affairs, um, especially when, when times are hard or assume that our neighbor is going to do it for us. Um, and in some ways, it's a you know, particularly New York story um, that, uh, that because you are constantly bumping into other people, you have a tendency, you know, the, the, the fact that there are other people around, you try to make it like white noise.
0: Yeah, you, you know, it's interesting. In some ways, we want to mind our own business. And in some ways, we also, the flip side is that we are obsessed with gossip, right? The right. other big thing, right, that that, um, that that Judaism also teaches, arguably, the, the greatest Hilul Hashem is Lashon Hara, the, the greatest desecration of God is spreading gossip and spreading rumors. And that is what these true crime podcasts are, right? They are, and, and I, you could argue that they are a great service to people who may be wrongly convicted convicted right that was the goal of the first season of serial um but you can also claim that that all they are doing are we're uh, sort of uh ordinary citizens taking police investigation into their own hands because they don't trust the system and they are using their platforms to spread gossip to to, to speak uh, about others and we see that a lot um, that they're all obsessed with what's going on. Uh, it's no different than reality TV, like the Real Housewives or something like that, right? That the drama, I guess, in some ways for the viewer is entertaining because it seems real as long as it's not happening to us, right? That's, that we, we can exhale knowing that this isn't our own lives and we can't look away. Uh, it's, it's tabloids come to life.
1: Right. Well, you're raising a really good point there, Jesse. And I love that you uh, mentioned uh, there the, the idea you you can't look away. Right. The Torah teaches us in the book of Deuteronomy. Right? You must not avert your eyes when you see um, an injustice happening, when you see someone else suffering and, and so on. So we, we have this commandment. We have this commandment, you know, tedek, tedek justice, justice, shall you pursue? And, that, um, and, that,
0: and that's okay, right? That's okay for the Charles Hayden savages, right? That's okay for the podcasters who I think, even though there's an entertainment level, right? He's trying to pick up his career that hasn't been successful since Brazos. Uh, Oliver Putnam hasn't had a successful production in most of his career. Uh, that's okay if they think they're trying to right or wrong. The difference is I think for the listener or the viewer, it's almost like um, rubbernecking stuck on, on a highway. When there's an accident, everybody slows down to see the accident instead of everybody calling 911 to make sure that that's uh, the people on the accident are okay. They want to see the wreckage. Right. Right. that be- because we are, uh, Almost want to be viewers on the sideline of it, partially because we're grateful it didn't right. happen to us, and we 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 get this um high talking about other people. But but I want to I want
1: to challenge that for a second because uh Steve Martin's character, Martin Schwartz's character, Selena Gomez's character, right? At, at least initially, they aren't doing this podcast. Um, because you know, altruistically, they want justice uh, for Tim Kono. They want you know to to you know put the real perp behind bars. I mean, there, maybe there's a piece of that, but primarily they're doing this for their own selfish reasons, right? We we don't learn Selena Gomez's uh, reasons uh, until later in the in in the series, but uh, Steve Martin's Martin Short. Uh, come out pretty early on, right? That Steve Martin wants to, re, re, you know, needs a needs a second act of his career. Martin Short's character, you know, needs money first and foremost, but also, you know, wants it wants to be on top, wants another hit, right? And thinks that this is his ticket to to do it. So, in your analogy, this is like people who, you know, pull over to the side of the road. To, um, to, to help out in an accident, but do it because they want to get on the front page of the newspaper or they want, you know, uh, that they think there's gonna be reward money in
0: it or something like that. Um, it's, and it's, the, it's the lawyers that are in a derogatory uh, right way the ambulance called chaser. ambulance chasers. Right,
1: Right. so, you know, so the question is like, you know, is it a mitzvah, even if it's done for the wrong reasons, right, in other words, you know, the, the ambulance chaser who you know actually, and that's derogatory. I do know a lot of you know uh, very upstanding people who work in you know the personal injury law field. So I I I, I don't think that that's fair to categorize everybody in that uh, profession in that way. But let's say somebody is you know primarily in that profession um, because it's lucrative and they you know see an accident as an opportunity to make money. Um, you know they might also be performing a service a necessary service to the person who's in the accident right so it's in other words like is it mitzvah be'averah? is it a mitzvah that's coming about through a transgression is it a uh, um mitzvah um, Do mitzvot kavana?
0: Do they need the right intention to count as mitzvot? Right. Is or it okay? Is it, is, and, the, and, and most of them don't. Right. So we're, we're, most uh, mitzvot don't need kavana to fulfill our chiuf, to fulfill our obligation. What you're really asking is, is it okay if it's self-serving? Right. Uh, what, that we help others. Right. Um, my concern is, again, it's the differentiation between the podcaster and the listener, uh, right? That it's not self, it's what is there that is achieved by having all these people listen, um, except the spreading gossip and talking about well, other people. So
1: can I challenge that too? I mean, there's there's two dimensions of that that I think are, are, are worthwhile. I mean, the first is um, that... You know the 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 success and the ability of these podcasts to exist. If the podcasts themselves are, if we if if you're acknowledging that they do perform a service, then they need the listeners, right? Because they can't function, right? Like you know this podcast, you know, is almost dead on arrival until they get a sponsor, and they only have a sponsor when they think that they have listeners, right? Um, Now later on in the series, you see that maybe the sponsor is also sponsoring for potentially not so altruistic reasons. not the sponsors necessarily sponsor things for altruistic reasons. They do it to make money on the product. Um, but uh, um, I also want to try that diet, uh, by the way, the, the dips only diet. Um, well, I, I thought you were referring to the gut milk diet. Gut milk diet, right? That too. Um, so, so you know, the listener arguably the listeners are performing a service just by listening, but we do get a, uh, we do get a window into the like true crime super fan podcast, super fans that are active participants in the investigation. Right. So they, they help move the investigation along They're They're like thrilled when they're asked, invited
0: in to help solve the case, to crack the case wide open. But that's the problem. Right? What happens? They come in to help solve the case for the final episode, and they're the ones who decide that Teddy Demas, Nathan Lane's character, the brilliant Nathan Lane, uh, is the one who murdered Tim Kono. Uh, well, and but, and, and, but they, and they and they are wrong. Um, and, and so, you know, part of it is um, you and I were, were speaking um, about this earlier, Mike, before we recorded. Um, it's the uh, Ready, shoot, aim culture that we live in as a society. Part of that is the fault of social media. Uh, I mentioned this to you that there was a, an issue in our own town uh, where a teacher was accused of um doing something to a student and it was posted on social media and everybody uh, came to their conclusions because of that initial social media post uh, by a neighbor uh, rather than allowing the police or the school district to do an investigation. And everybody, and I was guilty of this as well, uh, formed our own conclusions based on an initial social media post and then um, had to figure out, well, what is actual truth um is truth and accusation uh because what happens minutes after they published that final the the it ended up being the penultimate episode of only murders in the building podcasts uh, all it took was for the nypd to say hey somebody has on their uh video doorbell proof that it wasn't teddy demas uh somebody has you know based on the toxicology report proof that it wasn't teddy demas uh that what happens when we jump to conclusions before having all the facts.
1: Right. And do we ever really get a window into what happens to uh, Teddy Demas and uh, and his father after they're falsely accused? T- to Teddy
0: is the father, you mean Theo. Or Theo, yeah. yeah. Uh, do he ever- Well, we know that they, they still end up in prison because Theo, again, a spoiler alert, right. he, he had killed Zoe. He was, whether intentionally or unintentionally, it seems like it was unintentional. Pushed her off the the building that we saw in the flashbacks, Uh, but also they go to jail because they are guilty of this underground grave robbers, not body snatchers, (laughs) snatchers that that they were they were running in a local funeral parlor. Right. Um,
1: So you know it it does I think bring up you know this uh, uh, commentary. About the you know famous passage, "Sedek, Sedek, Tirdof, Justice, Justice, you shall pursue." That you know the reason Sedek is repeated in that passage is because it's both about the outcome and the process, right? That that justice is the ultimate goal, but unless justice is pursued justly. Um, it can't ultimately be justice, and then the larger context of that passage. You speak is, more of that, Mike. What does it mean for justice to be pursued justly? Yeah, so I think that the larger context of the passage is about establishing a criminal justice system, um, right? Shoftim uh, the shotrim l'chab b'chol she'arecha. Right, you should appoint you know judges and magistrates um, in in all in all of your gates. Um, so the idea is that there should be a system in place to, uh, to, you know, to investigate, to prosecute, to, uh, to, to punish um, crimes. And, and, it, it, you know, we, it, we should not be in the business of, um, of, of sort of promoting a, a kind of vigilante justice, which I think exists within our or mob justice, which exists, you know, I think prevalently within our society, not just our society, I think it's true. It's been true historically as well. Uh, you know, there's there's a great piece in the Atlantic last month from Ann Applebaum who compares our you know that what you said that like um, uh, what is it point and uh, shoot point uh,
0: ready like, ready shoot aim
1: ready shoot aim culture that exists in social media with um, with the uh, the sort of puritanical. Um, uh, culture that is depicted in Nathaniel Hawthorne's the scarlet letter um where where you know you get sort of like you know the mob incited to prosecute um you know uh, whatever it deems to be the the crime of the day.
0: Um, but is there a role for sort of the vigilanteism um, within society you no know, I think of how Twitter um, used, Itself, right? To, you know, spread to the masses in order to identify the insurrectionists of the January 6th, you know, storming of the Capitol building, that the FBI was actually, you know, slow in identifying these individuals. And Twitter was like, "All right, help us find these individuals." Somebody posts a picture, and it spread and it spread, and these individuals were able to be identified more so because of social media. I understand that doxing is a real scary fear right. that happens on the, the dark channels of the web, uh, but is there a benefit to some of this vigilanteism? You know, not 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 the Bruce Wayne vigilanteism, but um, the uh, and I say that as a Marvel fanboy, I'm acknowledging DC.
1: Right. So, and we'll and we'll talk uh, about the Batman uh, when it comes out, uh, hopefully in, in March. Um, but listen, I think that you're right. I want to propose this, and I haven't, you know, really thought this through um, or, or you know done the research to back it up within the tradition. But my sense is that what Jewish tradition would argue for is, you know, citizen participation. But but ultimately to strengthen the systems rather than to uh, to achieve sort of like individual acts of justice, right? So in, in the case that you're describing, you know this is citizen involvement, you know the average individual's involvement, you know refusal to look away from the problem and just say ah you know other people will sort it out. And what they've done there is they've aided the authorities, right? Um, uh, in in you know in an investigation that's happening from from the authorities, right? What's happening in something like only murders in the building, is I think less. You know, the authorities had said like we've solved this problem, right? There's no ongoing investigation anymore, and you know only murders in the building is saying nope, we we think you're wrong, and we're going to keep on going and. I mean, you know, arguably that I mean that's that serves a purpose here too, and maybe it does uh, in, in the long run. But I think what this is all pointing to is there's a prevalent sense that our that our systems have failed. They're not uh, producing just results and they're not being carried out in, in fairness. So what, what I think we really ought to be focusing on as a society is how do we strengthen those systems and those processes? How do we reform the police? How do we reform the uh, justice system to um, uh, result in, um, in in more fair outcomes?
0: Right, it's like Brian Stevenson's uh, Equal Justice Initiative, right. which he dedicated his career to... Trying to free uh, people who were incarcerated uh, unfairly or unjustly, that the system failed them. Uh, there is something to the idea that we live, you know, it's this balance. We live in a country where you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And yet we live in a society where one is deemed guilty by the court of public opinion. Uh, and how do you find that balance? Uh, you know, it's fascinating because in rabbinic literature and, and the Talmud, um, the the death penalty, for example, right, where the Talmud talks about four different ways for, of capital punishment, uh, and it goes through great lengths in Masechet Sanhedrin to focus on the death penalty uh, and make sure that a system that the system was basically never enacted, right? That this is what happens when one is found guilty for murder, but there's only one Sanhedrin, one rabbinic court in the history uh, that the rabbis can focus on, in the history of rabbinic Judaism, that actually uh, enacted the death penalty. And that court was seen as the worst court ever and a court full of of murderers. Uh, It's the idea that you come up with this system, but you always try to, Uh, make sure that the person who is on trial has their day in court, uh, has a chance to truly prove their innocence. And what do we do in a society when somebody is assumed guilty long before they can even sit in a courtroom? What do we do in a society when somebody cannot afford legal representation to defend them? What do we do in a society where, uh, you know, DAs have forced somebody to take a plea bargain because they don't want to deal with remaining incarcerated for the amount of time it will take them to go to trial, that sort of thing. Uh, it's, It's a broken system. I think you're absolutely right. And it's also the balance of the justice system versus the, as I said, the court of public opinion, which often acts as judge and jury. Before one can go through that justice system,
1: right? Yeah, I think that that, that those are all really, really important points, and I think that that uh, Jewish tradition would have a lot to say about that. You know, we're, we're I think far from the ideal of uh, of, of a just society from uh, from from all those vantage points, and you know, the 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 like you said, the Talmud is uh, pretty uh, frank about the relative strengths and weaknesses, successes and failures of um, judgment and jurisprudence uh, under under the Sanhedrin, under the rabbinic system as well, right? They're they're critics of their own um, failures too. Uh, it, It points to how hard all this is. Um, And, and, you know, why, you know, ultimately in our tradition, there's, there's but one judge ultimately, right. Um, And we should strive as best we can to let God do the judging um, and, uh, and, and for us to, you know, build a society of care and concern where there is no needy, there there where there are no needy, where there is no want, where, where most of the motivation behind crime Um, No longer exists. And where there is crime, especially crime that's provable, what we focus on is um, uh, restoring and returning uh, those who commit those crimes back to society, helping them do tshuva, um, rather than, you know, um, uh, stuffing prisons full of them.
0: Right. You you know, we are the only judging that we are told to do is to judge everyone with a pleasant countenance. Right. Give everybody uh, the benefit of the doubt, uh, which is difficult to do when you are trying to give the uh, accused the benefit of the doubt and want to hear The accuser and and, uh, tell them that we hear them and listen to them and we believe them in a society which is all too often, truthfully, you know, depending on one's privilege, right? There are those who are innocent that were forced to uh, be incarcerated because of our broken legal system. And there are those who have not, right, in this Me Too movement, have not been tried for their crimes because. Uh, of the privilege that they have. And so it's a really challenging balance of what role are it, uh, we have to pursue justice. Uh, and as you said, Mike, I think brilliantly that we are not just commanded to set tzedek, 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 justice, justice, we shall pursue, but the justice that we pursue must be pursued justly. And I think, um Listen, Only Murders in the Building is a comedic take on true crime podcast. Uh, it's not intended to be a message on justice, but I do think that it is a lens into how we as a society deal with um, the, the sort of front page headlines and are OK with it as drama instead of grappling with uh, what is happening in the world around us, that we see no difference between the true crimes and the law and orders um and uh, the 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 fact in the fiction and I think we need to understand how we respond to what's going on in the world around us needs to be different than how we respond to the TV shows that we binge or the movies that we watch
1: Right that's right so okay so uh are you in for season two of only Murders in the building only murderers in the building? Like I am l-
0: listen I am in for anything that stars. Uh, Steve Martin and, and Martin Short, um, and Selena Gomez, the
1: new and, three amigos and
0: Selena Gomez. You know, the one thing that we did not talk about, and, and uh, this is the last thing to talk about, that there was something also that Steve Martin at 76 years old, uh, there was something meta about the fact that his character Brazos was trying to still be relevant uh, in a, a Hollywood world that is very ageous uh, and often has uh, no place for somebody once they get past a certain age. Uh, it was brilliant, and of course, the reality he created the show, and so the only way he's able to play that out, and a starring role is for him to create a show to allow him to play that out.
1: Right, uh, you know, but I think that what what I think that that's a really uh, powerful insight and theme that the show reflects on. But I think ultimately, you know, what what our tradition would say. Is the way to enduring youth, the way to enduring relevance, um, is um, is is righteousness, right? So I think that in the podcast, or he tries to take a shortcut to that, to that second act. But you know, the, uh, Psalm Psalm ninety two says, "Sadikat," uh, or yes, yeah, Psalm ninety two says, "Sadikatam Katamari Yifrach." right that uh, that the the righteous flourish like a palm tree right they they continue to be fruitful uh, even in old age right but it's righteousness that gets you there um and uh and, and not necessarily you know wealth or status or, or creativity or any of those things
0: well may uh, we all strive to be righteous in our actions Um, in the way we see the world and the way we try to uh, bring about that justice, uh, not just as a society, but with each case, uh, may we pursue justice justly. Amen. Until next time, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Take care.